It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. and everything for you. <laughs> I had just pots running earlier. So oh gosh. <laughs> the, the Mrs. Potts thing still she scares me a little. I'm not gonna lie. A little the bit. Room, no. A little bit. She's very she needy. Like that's the thing. Like I like it's like it's like Mrs. Potts did not start her job today. And I'm like, oh well why not? Her bin is full again. It's like if I if she runs once, it's like her bin full. This is my Roomba. Um I assumed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, this I don't actually have a, a <laughs> A, a servant named Mrs. Potts who that'd be so bin cool. fills up all the time. I don't know. So, all right, looks like Nick and Chase just arrived as well. Hey. Here we are. Hey. Hi, guys. I always Hello. love the, I love the initial connecting to audio face. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. 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 My audio. Yes, yeah. I can hear oh, you're you. Good. You're good. Fantastic. This right. is weird for me because like this is the first time I've like seen Nick's face while I'm I'm talking to him. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Never have video. That's crazy. We got like one in-person game in last year before uh the the covid monster overtook the entire world and 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 Nick wasn't able to make it to that. So it was like I played with everybody else in that group but yeah. um and and Chase, I've I've only talked to on the internet as well. So yeah, that's is, what he looks like. Welcome to the COVID era. Yeah, we're yeah. like you. Yeah, I have friends, right? I've never been in the same room with them, but yes, I have friends. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at these beautiful people yes. that I'm in a band with. Yeah. A killer band too, guys. And wow. I don't mean I don't mean Thank to you. fawn, but damn. Um. So. <laughs> Thanks. No, I, I, I it, this is like one of those where it was like it that we were trying to think of like guests and 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 folks that we we could have on, and it was like it just didn't even occur to me, and I was like, oh my god, I know like every single one of the members of your band, so like you know, I might <laughs> yeah. as well just say, hey guys, come on and talk about this amazing album you did. Yeah. So awesome. yeah, so well, this is Krista, uh, and it, you've chatted with her via text, so you know, but she's a real person. I I can assure. Not. Not actually. Um, You're oh. very advanced for whatever. <laughs> very convincing. Yeah. Very convincing. is getting really good. Yeah. 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 Occasionally the software glitches out and she says something really bizarre and off color, oh. but that's <laughs> that's just the software. That's all it is. So. I wish that was the case, but no, I really do often glitch out and say stupid things. <laughs> so if that happens, we just assume it's a glitch. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So are you are you the moderator of the creative quarantine Facebook? Okay, yeah. that's why your name looked so familiar. Moderator, we're going to use really loosely. Um, I, I would say founder, and yeah. and when the moderation became an actual like thing, then you were kind of like, hey, somebody else moderate this for me, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah I finally there was a, a girl that reached out. She must have been able to see my frustration because. I mean, as far as technology goes, I can do about 20% of it. And then I just stop. Um, so a girlfriend reached out. She's like, do you, do you want me to help you out? I'm like, yeah. yes. 
now it's also it's, literally my job on this show too. It's yeah. like Krista is the person who does the interviewing and I'm the person who just like makes sure that things get recorded properly and chimes in with the occasional dumb joke. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, that was the, the concern for tonight because we, well, Ben got his second vaccine. Yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm not going to complain about were, it, but like it, it, I mean, it, it hurt. <laughs> it still hurts. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, like yesterday it was like no big deal. Went to bed. It was a little stiff and like woke up in the middle of the night and like, I could barely move. And oh, it was man. like, yeah, it was just like, it, it felt like every, like muscle pull or joint thing I've ever had has all just started to decide to ache all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And aside from that, it's like, I don't feel like nauseous or anything, but just no fever yeah. or chills or not so far. So okay. hopefully I lucked out there. Yeah, that's, good. that's good. Yeah. yeah. So. Actually it's bad. It's good. If it, you don't feel good because that means it's working. Right. It's probably not right. bad. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was explaining to Ben my my side effects included um, a fever, but it didn't feel like a normal fever. It just was hot. I was just hot, uh, going in and out. And I thought, oh great, I'm a 40 year old woman. I get to look forward to this in a couple of years. It's <laughs> just a little taste of the future. Yay! I don't want it. I don't. No. Want it. no. I don't want it. No. So you guys. Like for me, it's so cool to to have an experience where Ben's just like, listen to this. Yeah. Like he he knows my bizarro taste in music because I'm a I'm a musical theater person. You know, so it's not people don't typically recommend bands to me because they're probably like, yeah, she just has weird taste. Um, but no, he's just like, you have to listen to this. It's like, well, it's so it's such your cup of tea too. It's, it's so theatrical and it's so well done. And like the, I don't know, like, I, I, I mean, my wife listened to it as well. And she kind of said the same thing where it's like, you can visualize what you're hearing really, really easily. And it's like, it, it plays out in your mind really nicely. So I see Chase is pleased with yes. that. So, <laughs> but uh, no, it was like, I, I you know, uh, my introduction to everybody here was sort of like uh, through our mutual friend, Ken, uh, who is also, I think everybody in our DNA yeah. has been on the podcast at least once. So, you know, that's, that's where I'm getting my, my audience from but uh um but no it was like he, he was like oh yeah they're in a band called uh, so long stargazer and i was like okay cool so i, I looked you up and i was like okay most recent album download and i was like i'm gonna mow the lawn this weekend and this is last year before we started playing and i listened to the entire album as i was mowing and it was just like blown away i was like holy shit this is amazing so yeah oh, thank yeah. you yeah wow. thank you tell us who you are um we're going to go, I feel like I'm teaching class. We're going to go in the order that we sign on. So um, I would call that initiative order, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Tommy Davis. I'm the lead guitarist. Um, 36 years old. Um, I have a seven month year old son. Uh, yeah, he's, he's awesome here, actually. Show you guys if I get that to come through. Oh, right. yeah. Tommy. Yeah, yeah sorry right. if it's blurring out. We like missed most of the pregnancy, and I think yeah. I've only met your son once, so it's so crazy that think, yeah, he was only a couple weeks old, I think, too. Yeah. Oh wow. 
when we were last together, his wife was barely pregnant. And now there's a, now we have a bass player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he already has dibs into the band, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. you're yeah. literally yeah. born into it. So. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kristen, say hi. Hi, I'm Kristen. Um, I am also 36 years old. I um, I play the keyboards and I sing when Chase makes me. And um, I majored in theater in college. So it's part of where some of that comes from. And um, yeah, I never really planned on being in a band, but uh, kind of love it. <laughs> yeah, Chase, Chase got me in. <laughs> Where did you go to school for theater? OSU. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm kind of geeking out here, so. <laughs> Next. Nick. Uh, I'm Nick. I play the drums, and uh, that's me, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've been playing the drums for a long, long, long time. Um, I got invited to try out for the band after, I think these guys had played at least one time as So Long Stargazer together uh, and was asked to come and jam. And it just kind of clicked. It was a whole lot of fun. And they were like, yeah, you want to like maybe come and sit in again? And I just kept sitting in until like, I forget, it was like three or four months in and we were in Tommy's kitchen and Chase was like, so we'd like to officially ask you to join the band. And I was like, uh, wait, was I not? Was Am I not in the band yet? It was like The Bachelor. We hand you a rose. <laughs> <laughs> just, he just didn't know he was like, on wait. The Bachelor. Even, huh. they, they, but, they didn't like make you wear the same outfit for that entire three months, like the hazing or anything? No, I did that on my own. That was, that was just by choice. I'm really uh, glad we're on Zoom right now, but go ahead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, uh, so I do drums and then I also write a lot of our backing tracks, uh, or record the backing tracks that I can't write for like Tommy's guitars and stuff. Yeah. Um, and most recently for the new album, I programmed all of the lights that we got to use one, almost one glorious time. Oh. It was fantastic. Oh my that's God. a story in and of itself too. Yeah. 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 yeah I want, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in that cause that's crazy. But mm. yeah. I'm Chase. I'm the last. Hey yo. All right. So I am Chase McCants. Uh I am the lead singer of So Long Stargazer. And I kind of play keyboards, but not really. I always say we have someone who actually knows what they're doing. So uh I mostly just sing. Uh and I write a lot of our songs lyric-wise. Um, and, uh, let's see. And I've been doing this for a while. So Tommy and I were in my first band back in 2005. And, uh, and of course we started, uh, so long stargazer. I think it was me and, and Kristen initially where I was just like, let's play music. And then, uh, Tommy and I, Tommy, Kristen and I wrote a song for a buddy's wedding. And so the obvious next choice was like, Tommy, come play music. And then <laughs> yeah. it just kind of grew from there. And then Nick joined us later. So it's been a, it's been a really, really cool roller coaster uh, mm -hmm. of a ride. Uh, the plan and was just to play some like open mic nights or something. Yep. And then 
we wrote songs together really quickly. So we were like, oh, we might just be a band at this point. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's been, it's been cool. And uh, for all of y'all uh, in a few, I think it's one or two more years, we will have been a band longer than uh, the first band was a band, which wow. is insane, but God. very cool. Time flies. Yes. But that's me. Hmm. What was the first band that you guys were in together? So uh, I started a band with a, a friend of mine uh, called uh, uh, My Beloved Tragedy. Uh, wow. And so that was back in 2005. And we were like a punk emo band. Uh, and uh, we the played kinda, until... Kind of telegraphed that one a little one, but yeah. <laughs> do you, do you want to... The story behind it was I found an emo band uh, name generator. And when you typed <laughs> his name in, it was dying in September. And there was a band called the early November. So we did not go with that. And if you typed my name in, it came up with my beloved tragedy. And that's the one we went with. <laughs> we post this, this site. I want to know what my email name is. <laughs> I, that was... <laughs> That was years ago. Well, oh, I'm sure it still exists, now. though. Yeah, no, I use enough random generators for D and D, man. I, it definitely still exists. I'm sure. So there are plenty of emo <laughs> band name generators. So maybe I missed the whole emo thing. Like, where did the emo trend start? Who were the major components of the emo bands nationally? Like, ooh, uh, Tommy, you want me to take this one? Yeah, I'll I'll chime in here in a second. All right, so the first this is this is nothing to do with so long stargazer. We are not emo, but uh, you would have to go all the way back to the punk days. I think in the eighties and uh, yeah, the eighties. And so there was a subgenre of punk music that was more emotionally driven, and so that was the first wave of emo music. But the one that most people know, I think, is the second wave of emo, which was the late nineties, early two thousands. Mm -hmm. Um, where you saw folks like Jimmy Eat World, uh, American dashboard Football, uh, Dashboard came dashboard, up around that yeah, time. Yeah, that was what I was thinking of, because he was majorly like, you put that album on yeah. to cry through your hogging dust. <laughs> well, and he, yeah. was, he was the lead singer of a band called uh, Further Seems Forever before Dashboard. So it went back even further than just Chris Caraba himself. So, yeah. yeah. So Is Jimmy Eat World. Oh, go ahead. Is Chris still really sad? Like, I don't think so. He actually, so he did, it's, it was a one-off project as far as I can tell, but I hope they do more. He did like a really folksy, like almost like bluegrassy album with a new band called Twin Forks a couple of years ago. And it's really, it's just a really listenable uh, album, um, but it's more upbeat and it's uh, less, less sad, less concerning. Yeah. Um, okay. but yeah, I'm sorry. I'm writing this yeah. down. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm always up for new stuff. Yeah. Okay. He is, there is this really cool. So, uh, there is this, uh, really cool YouTube series. Um, and it's, I think it's like might delete, uh, felt emo might delete later. And there's this guy who's like doing these really awesome, funny skits of being an emo scene kid. And, uh, Chris Carabo was in it. And it is great because he's like the godfather of emo and like all of these second uh, second wave emo band members are like popping up in these videos. And so we're all hoping that Gerard Way is like in the last one uh, from. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
That's awesome. So you guys created this band and what was the music scene like in 2005? Because I, I was really big into the Columbus local scene, probably like uh, 2000 to about 2003. And then I moved. So I sort of missed everything. What was the scene like then? Where did you play? What sort of places were you at mostly? So I, I think back then, so I was relatively new to Ohio. I had just gotten here in 03. Uh, and so for me, um, there were venues, but they were mostly bars that have that had stages. And I think just a year after we had gotten together, uh, Tommy and I uh, gotten together to play music, um, the basement downtown opened. But I mean, there apparently Columbus had a pretty awesome scene, but I, I don't have much view into that other than like, I remember having to drive to Cleveland and Cincinnati to see all the cool bands play uh, because no one came through Columbus. Uh, but Tommy, yeah, I think you might, Tommy and maybe Nick have insight into that or Nick, I don't know if you were here at that point. I, I was still living in BG, but I was one of the last shows I played was uh, in Columbus with my punk band at the time. I, I want to say 2004, 2005. And we played um, the basement um down uh below a and r and that was a blast but it was the scene because we were such like we were just fast ugly punk is like the write-up we got in cmj like we were mm -hmm. fast and ugly and it, it wasn't great but it was a lot of fun and really high energy and so the scene all the shows that we played at the time were really like packed hot sweaty college kids and younger just all jumping around as much as possible and the music was all turned up to 11 um was pretty much the scene i played and and we did cleveland columbus uh bowling green but i remember i remember coming down to columbus a few times and feeling like i, I don't know if it was osu or probably but the the crowds were usually a little bit bigger and a lot more high energy and nobody nobody was worried about, you know, they would just show up to a show to just to have fun mm -hmm. without caring. Like, I want to go see something new. Mm -hmm. That's still kind of a thing though, isn't it? I, I mean, Columbus seems to be just like, oh, you're doing a thing. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Good or not, I want to go out and see it. Yeah. Let's go see something new. Yeah. Find out what, what it is. Yeah. We have a lot of music festivals too. Yeah. Um, we do. Um, for some reason on the top of my head, I can't think of one right now. You remember I music festivals, guys? I do. Yeah, yeah. Right. that was a while ago. It feels like it's been years. Oh man. Gosh. So then you guys created this group, and then Kristen, how did you fall into the mix of these gents? Um. So when uh, my beloved tragedy was still around, I um, I had moved to uh, Houston, Texas for grad school, but I moved back. And shortly after I reconnected with Chase, he asked me to um, add a, like a piano part to a song that they already had. And then he also asked me to do some guest vocals on a song. So I just sort of appeared on two of their songs and I played one show with them at the basement. Um, and I think, Chase, I think the idea was you wanted to incorporate more of both keys and also um, uh, dual uh, vocals. So they 
invited me to join. And I think I played one show with them as an official member and then, uh, life happened and, you know, some members got married, uh, some were having kids and it just sort of got put on a indefinite pause. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was in the pause that Chase and I decided, well, we still want to do something. So that's when we were going to just do open mics, like some covers, maybe an original song or so. So, yeah. How did you all meet each other? Chase and I both Uh went to OSU. We both did theater. Please. I have, what year did you graduate? I have to ask. I graduated, uh, well, technically I graduated in 2010 for the dumbest reason ever, but I should have graduated in 07. Okay. 07, yeah. I'm trying to think if I knew anybody there at the time. I, the theater scene is so, it's, it's like this family, this weird, odd, bizarre family of like the weirdest aunts and uncles you've ever met, but I'm sure yeah. we know a million people together. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, oh, um, I guarantee we do. Cause I think uh, the MFA actors, if you were there before us, then they ended their career at OSU right as we were starting. So there was some overlap if you knew any of them. Probably Scott Wilson. At least I think. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Scott was in undergrad with me in Otterbein. So that's how we go back. Yeah. And actually, he and I, before that, we were in a film together um, our, our senior year of high school. We were okay. asked as a high school to do a lovely little film called The Fit Kid Connection. It was a great, great piece of film um, to educate youngsters on how to eat properly in middle school. Oh, boy. Can we find this gem somewhere? <laughs> Should have seen that. It all goes well. Yes. Hopefully, it's hidden deep down in the depths. But I think Scott had to compare serving size to an elephant in the zoo. So it was really like, look at this. What was the name of it again? It was. It's not anywhere. Ben, stop searching for it. He's looking for it. Does anybody else remember what she said? It is called Fit Kid Connection. Fit Kid. Which we joked and called it the. We will find out. If it exists. That sounds like something Scott would be perfect for too. Yeah. Mm. No, nope, not finding anything. Wait a, wait a second. Scott was in the last city, right? Yes. Wasn't he? Ha! I There's believe even so. A yes. There, because my old old band was in the soundtrack of Glass City. Ha! Nailed it. All right. So long, Stargazer. Very familiar. <laughs> Was that a movie or was that a show? It was a. Uh, it was a movie. A movie. Okay, I feel like yeah. Yeah. I'm, so well, a friend of mine from Toledo uh, got into uh, cinematography and is a filmmaker. And through some of his friends that went to college at OSU, we would bring friends home for the summer to collaborate on his film projects. So this random assortment of people I knew from high school and college all got together and were in this movie that he oh, did. Crazy. Yeah. Just yeah. So, so, so long Stargazer. First off, I have to ask, where is the name from? Kristen. Okay. No, I'm telling this story because I am pissed. So. <laughs> wow. Nice. Wait, uh -oh. you're pissed? Uh, oh, you're, you're on mute. Chase, you're muted. No, 
so no no so uh what was it we were so we we were transitioning from being uh like a side project or um uh you know something to do while the band we were originally in uh, was on hiatus because we were supposed to start getting back in the summer but that was obviously not happening and so i think it was kristen i think we booked our first show uh and all of a sudden we needed a name and so we came like with all of these names and kristen like an assassin came and like snuck a name in at the last minute and it was brilliant and i was just like she comes up with this stuff at the last minute i don't know where you came where you uh, uh got the name from but i just thought it was perfect for the kind of music that we were trying to create yeah i just it was more based on just imagery. First of all, uh, there's there is a dashboard song called "So Long, So Long" that I mm-hmm. love. is It's maybe one of my favorites of his, and I just always really loved just that, like "So Long Something" as a phrase. I knew I wanted that, and then I think "Stargazer" just came first. It sounded good with yeah. "So Long," yeah. and then I just think, yeah. <laughs> and then at the time we were talking about wanting sort of a bigger, more atmospheric sound. And also I think we all um, are a little bit more, you know, reflective and, um, you know, deep thinkers. We all enjoy deep intellectual thoughts. So it was just, and I also, I liked the idea that it's like, it's a farewell, but it's also maybe the beginning of a journey. It's like the end yeah. or a beginning at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, how many <laughs> bands were you, do you sit there like, how in the world, Toad the Wet Sprocket, how did you come up? What, 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 what? So I love <laughs> to hear with the origination of band names. So when you all got together, what was the original intent or the, because I've never been in a band, I always kind of wanted to sing back up, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but the, the idea of, okay, so we want to play music together. Do you decide on what's our genre? What's our theme? Do you, do you decide that or does it just kind of organically come as you're creating? I, I want to say that this one was, this one was kind of planned. So towards the end of uh, the time of My Beloved Tragedy, I think I was just a little bit tired of punk. Um, not that it's bad or anything like I listen to pop punk bands, but I wanted to explore other genres and with Kristen being added and with some of the things that Tommy was doing towards the end of my beloved tragedy, I saw, I, I wanted to create music that if you closed your eyes, you could imagine what the stage show looked like, right? Like, because it was so descriptive, not in how we're talking about it, but sonically how, when you listen to it. And so it was taking what I knew from Kristen and what I knew from Tommy and, and how they orchestrate their music and say, let's, let's see if we can create something of a genre out of it. And it was inspired by bands like M83, which I had just gotten into a few years before that. And I could literally sit in my room listening to their music with no lights on. And I could just imagine the landscape that they were trying to create. I could imagine their live show, even though I had never seen them before. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to do something like that, not in the same genre, um, but but be able to have our listeners imagine the same thing. And so when we finally got together and we decided like, okay, we're going to make our own music. This isn't going to be, 
you know, us writing music for the old band, this is going to be us doing it for the new band. I think that unlocked something and gave us permission to not, is this a My Beloved Tragedy song, but just say, is this music that we want to create? Um, and, and that opened up a wide range of things. I think the other thing was, and I always, always forget that we founded the band on this principle, is that we said that we were going to be a collective, right? And so with a collective, it's not that we have to do something specifically. It's, you know, if Kristen comes and says, I want to do, I always make this joke. If Kristen or Tommy says, I want to do a country song, right? And I'm like, I don't even, I don't like country music. My job is to support them in creating what they want to create as much as I can, no matter if I like the genre or not. And so that's kind of how we approached it. Like Kristen would come with, like our early songs were super diverse because Kristen would come with ideas that were different than like what Tommy would come from. But our jobs as bandmates were to help each other like find uh, the perfection in what we were trying to create. Uh, uh, and, and so I think as we learned more about each other and, and what our strengths are, it formed into what we have right now. That's so and cool. on that, like, jumping on what Chase and me said, like, kind of helping each other. I remember a lot of the, he had also said earlier, like, we or maybe it was Kristen, we wrote a lot of songs really fast. Like, we, I got down, like, the first time we were in Tommy's basement, the first few times it was like, so we have this song and this song. That's sort of what we've got. And then in a matter of weeks, we were like, okay, so we've got those 10 songs now uh, because we would just sit down and Kristen's like, I have this beginning, like it sort of goes like this. And, and Tommy's like, oh, what if, and he would, and Kristen's like, oh, I like that. And then I could change too. And they would just kind of riff on each other and, and she would write a thing and he'd be like, oh, and then I could, and then she could, and then he could, and then she could. And I'm like, oh, I could drop a beat on that. And Chase comes back from the bathroom and we're like, so the song's done. <laughs> um we we did that uh but then there would be times when it, it wasn't happening quite so quickly and we're right and we're doing things and chase is looking at me he's like no no you need to it should be more like and and he didn't know any of the names he's like use the use your foot drum and then the big one just the foot drum and the big one for like for this part and and then and then you use your dick drum i'm like what he's like the one that's right close to the one that's right by, I'm like, oh, my snare drum. He goes, whatever. And then the, but that one should only be like, drum. okay. So he's, <laughs> you know, trying to tell me what a beat should be, having no idea anything about drums. And I, I've never played the guitar or know anything about chords. And Tommy's playing a thing that I can hear. Like, I'm like, oh, that's so close to what it would fit with Kristen. I'd be like, what if you tried and played these notes? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And we hit that just right and so kind of being able to help each other find those things when we're so close to it and one of the other pe members of the band is like wait what if yeah and being able to work together that way has been a lot of fun yeah. in the writing process it's really funny how often i'm i mostly think of chase but i'm pretty sure we've all done it like we don't like i don't speak guitar vocabulary or drum drummer vocabulary chase will come in and just be like I don't really know how to describe it, but I want like a da 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 here. And then I want to feel like I'm like in outer space. And then like, I just, something that it just seems to come natural to us is just being able to interpret what the other is 
going for just very, very intuitively and naturally. And that's actually, I think, why we didn't have a drummer for a while, because we would ask people to play with us. But until we found someone who actually vibed with the three of us that way, we weren't going to invite someone to join unless it was right. And I think that's why we we forgot for a while to actually formally invite Nick, because very quickly we were just like, oh, yeah, this is our guy. Right. Yes. Like, I guess we should make it official. But yeah. You guys are like the epitome of the ideal drama or improv troupe. Like the yes and, yes and, and I'm going to take what you give and I'm going to get, that's it. That's just kind of what stood out to me. And maybe because you are so theatrically minded, that may just be an internal thing for you is that improv of yes and, and what if I, oh yeah, I like it. And then what if I, you know, keeping that, sorry, again, geeking out. Yeah. Great story about the Beatles when they were recording albums, uh, how McCartney would go in and he would give very, very, very specific like musical direction, like what he was looking for, for like audio and, and that sort of thing and, and effects. And uh, meanwhile, like John Lennon would go in and be like, I want to sound like the Maharaja on the top of a hill talking to my followers down below. And the technicians are like, the fuck does that mean? And, you know, so then they have to kind of figure out what that is and. Yeah, but eh. I'm always astonished. Yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that's, but that I, I, it, it's really hard to find that, right? Like that was one of the problems with that was one of the big reasons why the my old why the old band broke up was because you know we weren't able to do what we do in So Long Stargazer. You know, I come with those weird descriptions because I don't know much about music, but they are all really amazing interpreters and they understand what I'm saying emotionally. Right. But then there's also just the fact that like, I think everyone has such respect for each other and, and what we are trying to do that we're able to um, iterate on top of each other. And I think that's what makes it work. Um, mm -hmm. you, you just, you don't unfortunately find that with a lot of musicians and that's why I, you know, I, I don't want to play with anyone else, but the three of them, because we understand each other and we understand what we're trying to go at, even if it's not immediate. Um, you know, it, it just blows my mind at some of the times where I am describing things and I'm not, I do it in a joking way, but I'm ultra sensitive because I don't under I don't, I can't communicate music. I can only communicate the emotion but each and every time I do that they pick up on it and and they make it better than I ever really imagined it and it just works and you know it, it it's one of the reasons why you know a lot of musicians nowadays or a lot of bands are not bands anymore it's just one person and they play behind a name and for me I never want to do that because we seem to enhance each other's work dramatically than what we would able to do individually and it keeps happening and i love it i absolutely love it which that's cool that it's not like oh well this this is a this is a comic song oh that totally sounds like a chase oh yeah th this is definitely a song. that's that's amazing that y'all can just because like you make me think of the beatles bed and i'm like yeah. well I mean, well, it's such know, an additive process and I mean, like, yeah. and everybody's dynamic is different. In this case, it sounds like it's a very additive process. Like one person's like, here's this component. Yeah. Another person's like, here's this. And, you know, like you still, might be able to tell, like, this sounds like it started from Tommy, but like by right. the end of it, it's our interpretation of that initial nugget of a idea. 
Do you remember the, the travel, the trail of each song? Do you remember kind of like, hey, we started with this idea and then it became this and this and this. Like, can you remember back to the beginnings of all of them? Or does it just sort of... Some? Um, some? <laughs> Most of them, yeah. Yeah, because like yeah. first Nick will record them. <laughs> so we do hear the early versions of it. I do have but... a lot of early versions. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, I, I don't know for y'all, but I know for me, you know, the journey of creating those songs. And I think the major, the majority of the ones that I originally wrote, I remember my intention, but I also remember how we changed it based on all of your ideas. And so, you know, the journey of those songs, I remember pretty well. And some of them are completely different than how we originally conceived them, uh, which is cool too. That's amazing. Now, are you, I, I'm always fascinated by how do bands work just on a daily basis? I mean, how often do y'all get together and, and work? The last time we played together as a group was December 7th, 2019. Oh. And that was the CD release for Venture. Okay. Which uh, I think is kind of the nexus point for this conversation too. Oh, cause like, yeah, because like this, uh, like the, I mean... I've listened to all of the albums like venture really struck a, a big chord with me. I still listen to it periodically and it, it's, it's a really remarkable <laughs> uh, time capsule. I would say is probably the, the first thing I think is an, uh, just because of like when it came out and what the, the content of it is and, and how prescient it ended up being in a weird way. I don't know. For the record, we wrote a piece of fiction that <laughs> then came true. We didn't, it yeah. came true way sooner than we uh, yeah. expected or hoped for. <laughs> so, sure, so venture. Explain to us because it's a rock opera essentially. So, explain to us how this idea came to be. Yeah, how is that born? How is a rock opera born? Chase. Well, a man right. rock opera and a woman rock opera. <laughs> they were Ew, love each other very much. <laughs> no, it was. It was a man and a man, and they adopted the rock opera. Uh, so I, you know, I the 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 way that I got introduced to rock music in a major way has been through musical theater. And so when I when my mom introduced me to like Phantom of the Opera, I know that's not rock opera, but when she did it, I was fascinated as a kid. This is back in like 1991 that you could be in a car and listen to music that also told you a story. And so fast forward to, you know, the first band, the only really a real example of this that I had in the punk rock emo scene were concept albums. And mm -hmm. so we tried to create them. If you look at all of, almost all of My Beloved Tragedies albums, it was us, or mostly me, trying to arrange them in a way that told a story, but we had never made a full effort in doing that. And so when we finished our first album, Look Up, um, I, I knew that I wanted to, we, it flirted with, with theater. It's it set up in three acts. Um, uh, music plays from one song into the other, except for those uh, uh, moments of silence. There were only two of them. And so I wanted to see if they would be interested in trying it. And I was super nervous about asking because when I tried it with MBT, it was just like, well, if you wanna do it, I guess. But everybody was all down for it. So really it was just about finding a story. And at the time I was reading a lot of dystopian novels, uh, science fiction novels. And I remember there was um, 
uh, I was watching, this is dumb. I was watching a YouTube video about artists that we had lost. Um, and it was, I think it was Leonard Cohen. Uh, he came up and I remember he had a song that was called, um, and then we take Berlin. I ran, I saw it when I was a kid. So I looked up the lyrics and it was about a terrorist, but from the point of view of the terrorist and it, Nick, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the whole thing on the, if you are a member, I'm going to Star Wars now. Uh, uh, if you are a member of the resistance, uh, rebellion. you think you are a feat or the rebellion. Thank you. You think you're a freedom fighter, but if you're a normal citizen of the uh, empire. empire, then they look like terrorists, right? So I thought, what would be more interesting than writing a story from the perspective of someone who thinks that they are a, um, uh, a a freedom fighter, but to the rest of everyone around them, they're a terrorist, right? They are creating terror. And what does it mean to do something terrible and regret those decisions? And and that's what we just started off with. And uh, and, and the, the album just evolved from there through a lot of storytelling, a lot of unpacking of the mythos in the story itself, um, uh, you know, uh, Nick was instrumental in helping create that background. Uh, uh, and then we had these two characters that we had to figure out, um, the man and the woman, um, and what their paths were and why do they make decisions the way they do. It was just, it was a really, really interesting project, but that's where the origins came yeah. from. Wow. And then part of what evolved it was just we would be at practice and we would just, the four of us hanging out, we wouldn't even have started playing music, but we'd find ourselves talking for an hour just about current events and our own, you know, personal thoughts on it. So something that took Chase's initial idea and turned it into what venture ultimately became was the question of at what point do you fight back and how that is different for people based on how bad they have it, how much they have to lose their just personal sense of self. Like me personally, I've always thought this, like, even though I feel passionately about issues and about, um, politics and, um, social justice, the idea of dying for something is so like, why would I do that? I want to live, you know? So it's, it's when you have these two characters who are friends and who up until this point have seen eye to eye on things. It's when they hit that breaking point of one is ready to take a complete turn for something. And the other is not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Huh? So then do you, does the music come first? Does the story come first? Do the words come? What, how does it begin? Tommy, oh, I was going to say, Tommy, you should talk a little about this because you do, you just come up with music. So organically. Yeah. yeah Chase would come with the, basically we would come up with the storyline of the, how the album was going to go. I think we storyboard each song, didn't we? Didn't we have a storyboard? We did <laughs> after a while. The, the first iteration was not that. <laughs> At the beginning, it was more like a, an outline for a paper, almost like just like bullet points down. Yeah. yeah. For, for this project, what we ended up doing was eventually we were like, well, we need to know the story and then we need to know what points in the story are going to be like the, the songs, which what section warrants its own song. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah the first uh, the first time around, it was like we 
I wanted to play a game of uh, of like I tell the story and then you have to make it up on the next one and then we'll just see where the story goes. And that did not work. That was like, I think Kristen like shut that down and was just like, this is not a good idea. We need to just plan out the story. And that's when we started like outlining and storyboarding stuff. Cause she was right. We weren't really getting anywhere uh, with that, that method. Um, to make it not a seven hour thing probably too. I would assume at some point you have to <laughs> figure out, okay, all right, we gotta, we gotta bring this to a close or we need, we need to spread this out a little bit more. So it's, where did the the main character come from? What was the the inspiration for that particular character? Was there any certain novel or movie or person that came from that? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't. I I don't think I, I based uh, the the man off of any any person in particular. I, I just like for me, I was just like I'm a minority in America. Like I'm a black gay man, and and this world i think certain minorities were kept there to say no we we don't hate minorities but most most of them were gone right and so uh uh you know i was a token or at least the 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 character i was portraying was a token um but i think you know he was a lot like any other person that rebels against a totalitarian uh, or authoritarian government um uh but he didn't do it just out of the goodness of his heart, I guess. You know, he lived in that world for a while and lived hidden in that world for a while. It was just when he was personally affected, that's when he took things up. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so I think that's a little uh, 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 thing there. But but no, I don't think I based him off of, of any character in particular. Yeah. Do you, this, I know this is going to be like Sophie's Choice, but do y'all have a favorite song from that particular rock opera that, that sticks with you? I'm sorry. If this is going to cause tension, I, I'll take my question. No, it's all internal. Like Internal tension, yeah, within fix? ourselves. Well, that's what I mean. I don't want to send anybody to therapy for this one, so. I think for me, and... Like, I think my favorite parts of the album, the songs are all fantastic, but my favorite parts of the album are the storytelling bits, mm -hmm. the, the scene leading into um, uh, I want to say the aftermath um, when they're walking up to the house and having that fight before they walk in the living room. Um, because like, the part where chasing you know you can close your eyes and see that and then the door slams into the song and they're having that argument and you can feel the stage show and yeah. like have having those moments uh are so those are some of my favorite bits especially uh because i got to see some of them with like some of the teasers that were with video and mm -hmm. that part was kind of exciting All right. Nobody else is speaking. You can't <laughs> finger on the nose thing. Come on. It doesn't work here. It doesn't work um, here. It's only with chores <laughs> at home. <laughs> so this is this is tough. Um, I'm gonna cheat because no one can stop me. Um, I, I really, so I really love "We Have No Time" and "Rain Caught Fire," which is the first and last song of the album. I love "We Have No Time" because. 
I, again, I had a feeling for how this was set up and I wrote lyrics and everyone produced the music to make it amazing. And then I have to say Rain Caught Fire because Rain Caught Fire was not originally meant for this. Kristen had mm -hmm. written it separately and we all heard the song and we were just like, it's gonna be in this album. But it just so happened that it captured the aftermath of the story so perfectly. And I have listened to that song over and over again, um, uh, especially with the instrumental outro that just leaves you uh, I, I like almost devastated because there. I don't want to ruin the story, but it's not a. It's not you know. There's no great happy ending where everyone is okay, right? Um, but it's not exactly completely tragic either. It's just you're left with this experience, um, and it's. I don't know. It's it's a great song. I just I remember when she first played it for us, or at least started playing through it. And it was just like this is amazing, this has to go on the album. So those are those are my two. That's awesome. Hey. Damn it, Chase, you I was exactly gonna say those two songs, damn it. Actually, er actually everything Chase said was exactly what, how I feel. Yeah. Um, the, the first track, We Have No Time, it's I just, it was the first track we wrote for the album. It just, it sets the emotion, it sets everything for the album. It's awesome and then, um, Wow, I just blanked on the last song. What's the last song called? Rain caught fire. Rain caught fire. You know, there's it's it's just a very powerful, very emotional song. I just it's sorry, I'm rambling words here. You're not, no, I, well, I think that's important though too that you both mention that and that, and I think of it in a musical theater sense of like your first song has got to snag. Yes, they have to be drawn in from literally one. Because you can lose people in that in that first section. If you're gonna throw me too much exposition, I'm out. Like get me hooked in that first little moment there. That's that's so important to do. And for the end to wrap it up, not in a bow necessarily, but just to be like, here you go. Now walk away and think about that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting it. you say that because I do feel like we have no time has so much exposition in it. Like but it's condensed. It's not. It, it is. Yeah. It's and like after a few listens, you're like, wait a minute, holy sh like, like I was there for writing it, and I remember like by the fourth or fifth time, I was like, wait a minute, like there are things that you catch in it that are. I like though that that you all didn't you didn't give us you know pages and pages and pages of it. It was just like here's what we're gonna give you, like offering on a plate. This is here's what we've got. Here's a little information. Well, now we go. And that's what I liked about how quick it was. And maybe in this horrific society of, I, I feel because of the pandemic, people's attention span for the arts has unfortunately grown smaller. Um, to quite frankly, I don't know if I can sit through a three hour production again. <laughs> so we all have, we all have uh, TikTok attention spans at this point, which is. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's it, you know, in, in that we as we grow into these quick um super fast emotional responses you almost have to do what y'all did in in that you are yes here's my exposition but we're not gonna just slowly rise we're gonna here it is okay let's go and that's 
you did a great job. You got me hooked. So you did something right along that way there. I like that a lot. So yeah. I stalled for you, Kristen. You did. Um, gosh, I, I want to give something different, but I was going to say rain caught fire has an edge for me just because it was, it was personal for me writing it. Um, and then the fact that it just happened to work so well for the project we were about to start uh, working on, you know, it wasn't intended to wrap up the story or to be the place where my character in the story finds herself at the end of it. But yeah. that's just sort of what happened. Um, I also really like Unspoken because mm -hmm. I remember at first we um, we talked about having more of a build and adding more elements and having it be a little bit more of a dramatic thing. And it ended up just being this very, um, it just stays very soft. It's just that last conversation between people when you, you don't want it to end because you know, it might be the last conversation, but you don't really have anything left to say. Yeah. And it yeah. could get heated. Like we could get into it again, but what's, what's the point? Right. Yeah. Right. So I really yeah. like how that turned out. It's strange to me because I have not seen it. And what I, for the experience that I had listening to your album, I loved because I'm also a director. So I could not only have the visuals, but like, oh, and then this happens and this happens. And I, I think that's lovely that y'all, you give us permission to, to stage it in our minds. But you say the stage show. So explain to me what you do in the stage show for this. Very little. We uh, kind of the same thing. We give you permission to envision it in your mind. We, like there's a lot being told with the lighting as far mm -hmm. as like sort of like the colors and the scenes. But it's sort of the same way musically when we're trying to just sort of communicate the vibe so that you can see the story in your head the way that you would if you were reading a book, you know, the character looks the way that you think the character should look Yeah. Um, as you're going through the story. There's not we, like people on stage with us yet. We, yeah. So we sort of have, we sort of two, or we talked about two um, variations on the stage performance. One would be what we did at our album release show, where if it's just the four of us, we can use um, the backing tracks or the lighting to help tell the story. But there was also a discussion about eventually it being more of a fuller stage production where um, if Nick is playing the drums, he probably can't play Venture, even though he's he is the voice of Venture. But we would probably have a Venture character like silhouetted behind a screen, at least just, you know, they don't have to know the words. We can still hear Nick's audio track playing they would at least be standing there to symbolize the character Avenger and the like the newscasters would probably be other people that we would bring on um so that to free us up to just focus on the musicality and singing yeah but I like there's that this, uh, sorry go ahead Chase. I'm sorry I was gonna say there's this uh there's this book that I've read I think two or three times now called uh, Station Eleven, and it's mm -hmm. a so it's a post-apocalyptic uh, book, and there's this traveling 
uh, group of musicians and actors and, and like the world has been devastated. So there's a very small human population, but they go around, I think, doing Shakespeare. Right. Mm-hmm. And so our live show is kind of in the vein of imagine that the four of us is all we have. Right. And if we had the people and the resources and the money, we would be this traveling show that is a post-apocalyptic thing, but there's only the four of us. So this is, this is all fake, but this is kind of the intention behind it. It's like, well, if we only have the four of us and we've got these lights, how do we put on what should be a theater production but only with the four of us and only on these small stages because the world has ended. And mm. so what you have in that live production is Kristen and I and, and Tommy and, and Nick acting, right? There's this part where my character decides to join this resistance. I'm putting that in air quotes. And I literally walk over to Nick who is playing the head guy uh, a part of this group and he hands me a, a armband with a V on it. Tommy's already wearing one. Uh, uh, Nick is already wearing one. So I put one on, right? It's a very theatrical moment in a, you know, a otherwise rock show, right? There are things that Nick programmed into the lights, like what happens to my character ultimately at the end, we create this really, really cool scene that infers what's happening. Very theatrical, but still within a live rock show. And so we try to tell the story as much as we can, but only with the four of us, um, with acting and, and, you know, guitaring and playing and all that stuff. And, you know, I wish we could have recorded it because I would have loved to see how it turned out, but maybe we'll be able to do that here in the next few months. So what is the plan? I mean, I, I realize your industry as well as mine is unfortunately one of the last to come back. But what's the plan and what's the goal? I think we're all going to quit our jobs. Um, mm-hmm. Tommy's going to hire a stand-in dad and we're just going to hit the road uh, uh, tour for a couple years. Yeah, I'm sure stand-in dads are just a dime a dozen. <laughs> I think. Is that, that's a thing, right? Stand-in dad yeah. when you need to go on tour? Yeah, so I don't know. The safe it's plan, like a stunt though. double. That's the safe plan, right? Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. I think it's smart. I don't know. Uh, I, oh, go ahead, Nick. No, I was gonna say, I, don't, I, I imagine attempting to put it on uh, in a, a, I don't wanna say proper venue because I think like, ideally I, I think it would be great to be able to put it on someplace with, with seating and stuff. And, and kind of like Kristen was talking about to have a, a news desk with a couple people and the lights could come up over there and just have sort of smaller contained scenes and do something like that. But, but being able to put on the show uh, several more times in the next year would be, ideal for me we haven't really talked yeah. about it as a group yet Taste. i'd just i'd just like to play it again and get it in front of more yeah. people um the other thing is unfortunately the series of events in the rock opera are very close to what we've all just been through in the last year so i don't know that people are going to want to sit and watch that but um i i hope they do i hope it's uh, it's entertaining and fictionalized enough that it's still, I think it will still hold up. I just would like to get it in front of people. And um, yeah, like Nick said, somewhere where it's more, more of like a sit down audience, you know, we don't necessarily need to go straight to like a theater, but somewhere like the old King Avenue five venue, where it was mostly tables and people could stand if they wanted to, but we want people to be comfortable and we want to make them feel like, oh yeah, I can't actually just sit back 
and watch. Cause if you just go to like another music venue around town, you know, where people mingle and they kind of chat, that's great, but you're not really going to get our show. If, if you're doing that, it is sort of a sit and pay attention type of thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There are three things that we are going to do. Number oh, one no. is, it. is is the live show itself. We need to do that a ton, right? The second one is I hope one day we can do a stage version of it, but that means we got to write more songs unless we want to do like a one act, but we'll see. But the third one, I would love, like as much as this is theatrical, it's really cinematic. Um, and so I'm hoping that one day we can do something where it's not like a blockbuster thing or anything like that, but we can do a visual representation, almost like, um, uh, what are the, what are the, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of like once or, you know, how, uh, folks keep coming up with visual albums. Um, but, but I, I think visual albums is like a concept album and we are very much not a concept. Yeah. It is a legit story, but I would love to put some visuals behind it so that we can actually tell this story. You might see either Nick, uh, performing a uh, venture, or there's an actor who is performing the part you know, either with his voice or with their own or something like that. Um, and I've got a ton of ideas there, but I'm not going to explain it. It would take too long. Yeah. Basically, if we just made like a music video for each of the songs and then just some uh, some little scenes for the, the intermittent mm -hmm. scenes that we've sort of created with the audio, uh, I think you'd pretty much have a film version of of the rock opera. That's so cool. I, yeah. I'll be honest. I saw cinematic animation. Well, we've mentioned that too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not it it, it is pricey sometimes. So my idea for cinematic animation is more waking life because I like the idea of being able to do sort of fantastical things with it. Yeah. But these days you can shoot a video of, you know, I can, I can make a waking life movie of myself on my phone mm -hmm. with a filter so being able Can to you sort explain of, what that is. Have you never seen the movie Waking Life? Some of the listeners may not have. Oh, so Waking or Life the is the TV series Undone, I think. Yeah, or or the yeah. or the two TV series Undone. It's uh, those were originally done, and Undone is is so brilliantly made. But those are like shot on film and then animated over the actual cells. So there's the live action blended with the animation altogether. And you can get that same effect these days shooting on, you know, a, a good Galaxy phone or an iPhone. Um, you can shoot in 4K and then slap a filter on it that animates things. Yeah. Um, and then people who are good with uh, After Effects or things like that, you have the opportunity to drop in interesting effects and do things with that for transitions uh, yeah. musically. And so I think it can be done on a budget. It just is you can do it, you know, sort of like business. You can do it cheap, you can do it well, or you can do it fast. Right. Pick two. So right. if we're going to do it cheap and well, it's going to take a minute, but it can be done without breaking the bank. I get it. The one I was thinking of, there's a, a slew of local folk that put together a series called Eight and Five. Um, it's a sci-fi series. Yeah. If you will, there's, there's, 
it's basically all Columbus actors and directors and writers. Vitas Bardukas was, Bardukas was on our podcast way back at the beginning. He was one of the main writers for the series. But that kind of animation and that is sort of what, it, it is the same thing. It's the live action with animation in the background to sort of set the theme. So, I mean, top as an actor, but super cool to see at the end of everything. I loved it. It was, it was brilliant. So where can people find everything of you? Where are the places to send our listeners? Uh, anywhere that you can download music. We should be pretty much everywhere. Places, you know, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, Tidal, Deezer, uh, other random places that we've never heard of. Yeah, I mean, we're we're on audio platforms that I've never heard of. Um, Bandcamp. Um, I think we're on Bandcamp. Um, I think so. Our first album's on Bandcamp, I believe. So... Yeah. Yeah. Nick, upload venture. Well, I didn't I I thought that I did. I you just upload it and then they say this it's been distributed thirty-five different places. You say, okay. Okay. Cool. Our social so, media has been inactive, but we'll we'll change that when we can be together in person again. <laughs> I feel like that's everybody's social media, like I, I, like bands and everything. I feel like it's just been kind of like you know, some bands have somehow managed to create and be very prolific during this entire time and man i am very very impressed with them (laughs) but yeah i commend you all though for for doing the right thing i mean as as sucky as it is to pull away from your craft and not work together you are essentially protecting everybody (laughs) by not trying to break out before it's time so thank you for that I very much thank you for that, knowing even in my own industry, like, yeah, this is rough, not. Yeah, I understand, like, the the impulse to try to, like, what can we do? And I, I so get it, but, yeah, it's just, we're it's getting awesome. there. We are getting there. And someday we will get to sit down and watch this. I don't know when that's going to be, but I feel like the, the light is getting closer. Yeah. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Today didn't help, purple, but, you know, we're no. We're getting there. So we just have to be vigilant and get there. And then we'll all celebrate and do live things and hugs again. So, well, guys, thank you so much for coming out. I really appreciate it. This is so much fun. And I'm really excited to to continue listening. And my director brain, seriously, I'm I'm blocking this in my mind. I love it. So thank you for for that, because it's rare that you you know, when you listen to a Broadway musical, somebody's already done that part. Mm-hmm. And those people have already been cast. So you see those faces. You you know, Vera Evan Hansen, you see Ben Platt. That's what you're going to see. And it's hard to break away from that when you see it on tour. Because you're like, but that's not him. So this, your album gives theater dorks like me the opportunity to just explore and be able to maneuver and shift and oh oh i heard that oh oh we shifted his approach okay let's have him come in now sorry this is what happens i clearly I love need to it. back to the theater as well so <laughs> much and we appreciate you listening to speak easily with krista stoffer you guys are amazing thank you guys you so much this is awesome thank you for having us yes yeah, thanks so for having fun. us thank you so thanks much for, for listening us.
Yeah, we'll <laughs> talk to you soon. Thanks. Oh, uh, and actually, real quick, let's plug a couple other podcasts because Kristen's got a podcast. Everybody here is on oh. at least one other thing too. So, yeah, okay. where, where 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 can everybody find you guys? Um, so the podcast that I'm doing at the moment, um, it's with my friend, uh, Anna styles. It's called life and limb. She and I both have limb differences. So we just talk about, um, different areas of life and how our limb differences have or have not impacted things like, um, dating or the fact that we're both actors in the theater scene and just, yeah, just sort of connecting with the, with the, uh, community of, uh, disabled and limb different, uh, Mm -hmm. people out there. Very cool. Yeah. Say the name of that again, just so we get it. Life and Limb Podcast. Cool. Cool. It is phenomenal. It is very, very good. Thank you. You two have an excellent chemistry, and I adore you both, so it's great. (laughs) Any other pods we need to? Uh, Let's see. Uh, I think almost me, Kristen, and Nick have been on It's All Been Done Radio Hour. Nick or uh, Tommy played guitar for us before. Yeah, we, we yeah. played the anniversary show one oh, year. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 So Kristen and I are usually, we could be found or heard on, on that podcast. Yeah. Uh, so check that out. Uh, it's all been done radio hour. Who's the host of that? Yeah. Uh, it's James Daly. He's the creator and he like does the intro, but it's, it's it's more, it's recorded segments. So there's no like hosts. It's yeah. Okay. I think I've seen some stuff. Oh, you have to call him Jerome Wetzel. He hates Jerome Wetzel. Sorry. (laughs) Jerome. Yeah. Very nice. Well, that's awesome guys. Keep doing what you're doing. And we look forward to the day that, that we can do this again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank, Thank you guys you. so much. Yep. And I'll talk to each one of you. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank, you. So. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye guys. Foxland Media. Think big.